Let it flow, let it flow. I am one with the dark side. Let it flow, let it flow. This is the end of the Jedi. Thanks for tuning in to Star Wars Rant Podcast. This is B-Nob hosting tonight. I'm here along with Chad Viss. Greets. And our very special guest of the evening, Mr. Dave Mann. Greetings. I see <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. As you've probably already noticed, our Grand Admiral, our Grand Marth Tarkin, Jedi Master, whatever Grand title Pleasure. you want to give him, Brian Seddon, is in the Outer Rim in his home world of Florida this evening. I was not able to come in to the podcast this evening and and record with us this evening. Um, so Brian said, and if your mom's listening, if you're, if this is Brian's mom listening, um, you can t- tune us off now because your son isn't here, um, <laughs> like he is every week. Uh, but here, here we're going to be, uh, talking about some Star Wars news. Um, talk about Rebels this past week. Chad's got some search in the archives. Dave's got some super secret information that he's going to be giving us about the Star Wars universe. And then I'm big, big, finishing off with the question of the day so fellas have you heard anything new in the star wars universe this week what's going on what's going on what's going on buddy there's been some news not a ton uh, but there has been some we saw uh there's a little thing that uh, came out this week talking about ray's parents um ever since episode seven came out that's been like one of the top debated items from that movie is who are her mom and dad is it luke is it is it obi-wan is who is you know is it snoke who is who is her parents is she just the new chosen one and uh some uh a group i'm trying to think who was uh it got from slash film uh, dot com they were able to kind of pin right uh ray or daisy riley ridley wow Daisy Ridley, they pinned her down and asked her, you know, when are we going to find out who Ray's parents are? And they straight up asked her, is Jen, Jen Erso from the new movie Rogue One, is she, is she the mom of Ray? And she says, well, the, you know, the, the very first thing she said uh, when asked about who her parents were, she's related to Obi-Wan, Jen Erso, she says, well, we'll see in a year. Just sit tight on that question. In a year, we'll see. So basically alluding to the fact that we should find out in episode 8 who Ray's parents are. Interesting. It's going to be just like Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Someone's going to say, Daisy, you know, I, Ray, I am your father. <laughs> um, but they even, they, they pressed her a little bit more and asked her if Felicity Jones' character, Jen Erso, could be possibly her mom. Uh, because, I mean, there's some resemblance there and looks and everything like that. And she says, I mean, I think historically it wouldn't work because she Darth Vader's there. So she'd ultimately be my great grandma. So, no, she wouldn't be my grandma. I mean, it could happen, especially in a galaxy far, far away. So there's like a non-really planned explanation or response saying, no, I mean, Darth Vader's there. And so she'd like be real old. But, I mean, I guess it could happen. But no, probably not. So I personally, I think the whole Jin Erso thing is like, wait, there's, I don't see her being well, Jin related Urso's to Ray at all in her twenties. Like most of the stars right. of all of our Star Wars movies are, 
Of course, and right. We know that uh, there's 30 years before <clears throat> between Return of the Jedi and that, and so that would make her 10 years older than when she when she would have to have Ray. She'd have to be 10 she, years older. Yeah, than, she'd have to be like 40 some years old when Ray is born. Right. So I mean, not out of the realm, but. Not typically probably what you would put in a movie. You're not going to have some 45-year-old woman having a this Although, incredible force-wielding baby. Although Shmi didn't even have a husband or a man. so That's true. Like, so it wouldn't be the first time something weird right? happened. That's true. So, you know, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast By before. By the way, Chad, a lot of, sorry, I'm yeah. really sorry. And this has nothing to do with Star Wars. Brian's going to be mad. But I just got a notification that says Skyrim can now be played. Oh, <laughs> uh, yay. So, uh, <laughs> um, you know, we've had a lot of talks about it, and some people have said they hope Ray isn't related to anybody. They just hope she's that Mary Jane character. And I think there's a little bit of interview with her, uh, Daisy, about her thoughts on that um, as well. Uh, just being that normal, everyday girl that just happens to be special or eventually ends up being special, and that she's not related to a Kenobi or a Skywalker. She's just her own individual person um so the fact that she says we will see in a year you know sit tight on that question we should see in a year um that's that's exciting to know that we'll hopefully find that out in episode eight I dave mean, you I, haven't been on the podcast i mean do you have a theory or do you have something <coughs> you want i mean Ray's i parentage to, to be i i used to think that um because of the because of a lot of the obvious things pointing to she's a skywalker that she wasn't like that it wasn't going to be that obvious um so i kind of like try to stay away from that thinking like it's not she's not a skywalker i mean could she really be a sky it's too easy it seems too easy then i started thinking i started getting like really in-depth detailed like well you know in all the movies that i've seen not anybody really has uh you know, like for example, in the clone or Attack of the Clones, uh, Jango Fett and them—they all have like New Zealand accents um, for mm. some whatever reason. I don't know. So all of the all of the clone troopers have New Zealand accents. Um, everybody else, with the exception of maybe uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, might have had some odd accent, or maybe a British accent. I can't remember. Sir Alec Guinness had a British accent, Obi Wan Kenobi, and then Edward McGregor, when he played Obi Wan Kenobi, also had. British accent, which these actors, you know, all have the ability to not use those accents if they're not supposed to. Um, Edward McGregor kind of had to because he was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, John Boyega is British and didn't have a British accent in this movie. Now, Daisy Ridley did have a British accent, and I started thinking if accents, like, she could have easily changed that too. Um, I'm assuming she could. Maybe she's. I would think she would be able to. Um, but if accents matter like that, then why would she have that accent? Who else talks like that? I thought maybe possibly she's related to Obi Wan Kenobi, and I started thinking, falling into all these fan theories that you know, for every time you know the the Star Wars movies have always been about a Skywalker, and there's always been a Kenobi with that said Skywalker. Well, I mean, it was always Obi-Wan Kenobi because we've not known another Kenobi in the entire universe yet. Um, So Obi-Wan kind of balanced off Anakin for a while till Anakin went bad. And then Obi-Wan started to mentor Luke and then Obi-Wan died. Luke did what he did. 
and then he went off the grid again. And so people are saying, what if it takes a, another Kenobi to bring him back and to get things rolling again? And I'm like, well, you know, I could see that. But then also at the same time, I'm not, you know, I'm not convinced that she's somebody that we have to know. Although I don't know why they would be so like her parents would be so shrouded in mystery. Like it seems like if there's so much talk, they didn't reveal parents. If they if her parents were nobodies, I think they would have just somehow said that already. I don't think they would have because it wouldn't matter. Right? Yeah, it just because at cares. this point, if you find out that they're nobodies, it's going to be a letdown. Except for the people that really want her just to be, you know, a normal person, which would be fine. But it would kind of be anticlimactic, I think, if we don't know who her parents are. Or we don't at least find out that they were somehow linked to somebody that we know who they are. So, but I don't know for sure. I mean, I mean, and she was the only character in the Force Awakens that you have that left with that question mark of where did she come from, and they yes. clearly made that a plot point of where she came from as part of the future. Yeah, plot. they touched I mean, on it. Maz Kanata, basically, it basically uh, made it sound like. Her and, and Ray had a moment where we both know who your parents are, almost, but they don't say it. Or like, you mm. know this, you can whatever. She, I can't remember what she said now that I'm thinking about it. But that scene where she went in and she had touched the lightsaber, and then Maz comes down, and they have that moment, and they're talking about it was Luke's father's, and then it was Luke's, and and it, that's where they really are trying to. It, it seems like they're really trying to give you that it's she's a Skywalker. So then later they can go, guess what? She's not a Skywalker. She's this. But I don't think sure. they're going to go, guess what? She's not a Skywalker. She's just a regular person. It's going to be, it's going to have to be somebody that we know, I I think. I just, at this point, it's like, who can it be? I mean, we only know so many people that are actually important. I mean, is she, is she Kylo Ren's sister or is she, why would she be, why would she be abandoned? What's going on? Um, but maybe maybe it just is that easy. Maybe it is Luke's can't you know daughter or whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> it's gonna be interesting. I, I I have a feeling I won't be disappointed either way. Whatever they do, I know some people said, oh, I mean, I'll be really disappointed if it's Luke's daughter or whatever. I don't want it. You know, I'm gonna be happy because I was thrilled with the first movie or the you know the I was thrilled with seven. Um, so I don't think I'm gonna be let down. I don't have a theory though for sure. I've gone back and forth. I will say this before I go. I do kind of I am kind of leaning towards this theory that um and I don't I don't buy into it one hundred percent, but there's this fan theory out there that the one who they said the chosen mm-hmm. one who they said Anakin was is not a single person but like a force being that, e- that every yeah, that every generation or whatever how many they come back to bring balance to the force and then right it's like a, it's that. like an avatar the last airbender yeah and maybe they she's that back. chosen one um so they're all so she would that. be connected to the skywalkers in that sense but she wouldn't be a skywalker and then who maybe we find out that there were other ones you know maybe we find out that Plagueis was the chosen one who went bad eh? mm. who knows i don't know it's all interesting. I love I I'm not I mean some people don't like doing it. I love reading all the fan theories. I love just diving into the to the, See the different like perspectives. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Some of them are off the wall, so I just oh, yeah. push those to the side. But some of them are pretty interesting. There are some people who think she could be uh, Sidious's daughter or or descendant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she could be anybody's daughter. She could be Lando Calrissian's daughter. Which, speaking of which, segue. Yeah. Did you guys hear about this? I'm assuming you did, Brian. Did. Since you just did that. <laughs> they found young Lando Calrissian. For the next Han they found Solo him. movie. Just, he was just out there and they said, hey. Yeah, there actually was a young Lando Calrissian. It was really weird. They're like, dude, like, this is a coincidence. That somebody like created, <laughs> we thought somebody created you in a story, but you're actually real. And they did it before you were born. Wow. Anyways. Insane. That's a joke, obviously. Donald Glover has been cast as Lando Calrissian for the uh, Han Solo Solo movie. Hmm. What do you guys think when about that? When is that coming out again? Uh, did they have? They've given us a year, didn't they? I think it's. I, think I don't it's remember. The summer after episode eight, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the summer after episode eight. I think it's the so summer release. Down. I don't think it's a winter release. Yeah, I think it's the okay. next one. It's like the anthology is the one for this summer, and then uh, episode eight. Yeah, and then next the next, summer next winter or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Right. I think. I think them postponing. Uh, episode eight, which what they did a, a, a while back, which was they postponed it from mm-hmm. the summer until the winter again, um, kind of like screws it up because we've been getting them every winter so far. But I think that's the first time that we get the first Star Wars movies in the, in six months, right. in a six month time period. But I, I haven't really seen Donald Glover in much other than Community. I watched maybe a season or two of that when it was on NBC a few years ago. Um, you know, at first I was kind of like, ah, eh, I wasn't really thrilled about it, um, just because I'd seen him in that comedic role. Um, you know, there's something about Billy D that's like a swagger, and he's so cool. He's a, he he you know comes across as a guy that's you know kind of a swaggy uh, smuggler. No, was I listening? Was I can't remember. Was I listening to this podcast when you guys talked about how uh, Billy D. Williams does not want them to recast? Like yeah. Now? Yep. Okay. We talked okay. about that a few That's weeks back. And Beanob does not did didn't like the fact that Donald Glover was possibly being rumored right. for it either. And they right, did, because didn't they specifically mention Donald Glover to Billy Dean. He said, did. "Who's that?" Yep. Come <laughs> on. I just don't. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be you know Donald Glover's really going to have to show his acting chops to kind of come up and and kind of prove that he could fill that role. Um you know, I kind of wish that they went more of like an. Un- I would rather than if they're gonna put Lando in there, which I kind of just feel like. I don't know. I just kind of feel like now they're just throwing things in there just for fan, fan, fan service. You know, you gotta have Lando in a young Han Solo movie, though. They're they're like cohorts. There's a whole story there with the Falcon and Chewbacca, yeah, I and think I mean, if you had to. Pick, it's part of his. I would think if you had part, to part pick of somebody, Han's story. Right, right, right. I would think that he would kind of have to be in there, right? That wasn't that. That was kind of. I thought the general consensus is like. <sighs> I mean, what's the story going to be about? He was already relatively young in A New Hope, and so, and we all, and we know that all this stuff with Lando happened before then. So, unless they're doing like, you know, here's here's they get the guy that played uh, like they did with Young Indiana Jones, and they just show him when he's a teenager running around. <laughs> hmm. I just, I, I'm not really sold yet on the Han Solo solo film. Um, I just feel like it was just, I don't know. 
The I'm one excited because it's a Star Anakin's Wars. not in it. We no. know, yeah. okay, Dinov. Anakin won't be in it. It's gonna still be an okay movie. The I promise. one thing that we no, know I mean, that I, will I be. know it's gonna be an okay. It's just like I just feel like they're messing. They're messing with stuff that they shouldn't be messing the history. with. History. The one they, thing that you know, we know that's recasting Harrison Ford as Han Solo, I'm just, I'm just not okay with that yet. I haven't come to terms with that yet. Well, they already so, recasted Harrison Ford as Han Solo, right? But him. I haven't accepted it yet, right? Um, <clears throat> the we do know at least there's going to be one constant, one thing that's going to make us actually two, that's going to make us comfortable because maybe right on, not right off the bat, but you'll have the Millennium Falcon in there, and then right. obviously Chewie is going to be. It's gonna still look the same because he was two hundred something years old anyway. So he's not. I'm sure he's not gonna look a whole lot different. Right. Um, so I mean, you'll have those things to kind of anchor down, and so you're just gonna basically see the new guy kind of bounce because these two young young people, the chemistry between Han and Lando is obviously gonna be a little bit different because they're they're younger, but. It's also two completely different people, so it's not like you have to have a new actor interacting with an old, you know, the same character from before. So they can kind of do their own thing, albeit they have to kind of, you know, stay in the blueprint of of Ford and uh, Williams. But um, when they're interacting with Chewie, I think that'll be a little bit easier because Chewie just you know makes noises and everything, and yeah, yeah. Chad's good at it. He takes pride in that. I do a little bit. What else he got for news, B knob? Uh Rogue One, just a few things about Rogue One. Rogue um One. Gareth Edwards had an interview with uh USA Today. Um and here's a quote uh from that interview. He said, Events take place that just shatter her life, talking about Jin Urso here, and send her off to basically be raised as a soldier in the midst of a war. She ends up not the person she was supposed to be. Her journey is also very Star Wars-y, one, to redeem the sins of the father. Even though we're not telling the story of Luke Skywalker, it's important to me that we capture the same themes and emotions, but the film doesn't unfold how you think. It's not the same path as Star Wars. So, you know, she's going to go through that hero's journey, kind of like Luke did. Um, another quote from that interview was, uh, the things every filmmaker typically struggles with is how does it end? Um, but, uh, he says here, but we know how the film is going to end. Obviously, we all know that it's getting Princess Leia. That's our plans. Right. Our problem became how do we, how do we reverse engineer from that and know where do we start? Uh, you've got a finite number of options to go through. Uh, them all like a puzzle and try to fit the moment are going to lead into the greatest results. So I think their biggest, I think what he's trying to say is that, you know, their, how they get from point A to point B is not how you think it's going to be. You know, I think just a lot of people just think it's going to be a little heist movie, but I think they set it up in a way that's going to unfold in a nice way to have a nice story arc. Um, and obviously give us a good emotional ending to kind of add more gravity towards the events of A New Hope. So I don't know They if should you... have places where they, they, they show this movie and then lead right into an in-the-theater show episode four. Like, just back-to-back. Back. Oh, that'd be very cool. That would be fun. Because that's what I'm going to want to do. As soon as I'm done watching this, I'm right, going to watch Right, you're going to race home four. and watch episode yeah. four. Yeah, throw it in the Blu-ray player. I'm just going to be, you know, and I already know that I'm just going to be more angry. 
with the Empire <laughs> after watching this movie. Is it just because they failed? Is it just me? I, I and I don't have any. I didn't like list a bunch of movies to back this up, but I feel like I've heard a lot of trailers this summer or this year that start off with, "I need you to run and not look back." I just whatever yeah. happens, don't look back. I just need you to run. I feel like I've heard that like three or four different times. Not that I'm criticizing like that being in a movie, but like I, I, I can't remember what other. It's trailers. a common thing. Yeah, it's like a lot of a lot of young people are having to like escape. Seems like a common hmm. theme hmm. in movies, but I'm excited. They I, do need gosh, to the, the excitement for this movie is just, at least for me, is through the roof. Um, yeah, ah, can't wait, can't wait. I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking forward to spending two and a half hours of investing myself into these characters, only to watch them being bowed in the bl- bits in the last ten minutes <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> What if they do something different? What if like someone escapes and just goes into hiding and you're just led to believe they live out their life in hiding and die an there, old person? There is there is, you know, obviously possibilities because they're playing with you know, pre-original trilogy and post-original trilogy to where any characters they create could somehow go into hiding and come back in these new movies too as an older person. Hmm. You know, I mean, what about that guy that that died in the beginning of of uh, Laura Santaka. Yeah, what if we see a young version of him? <clears throat> Interesting. Get some backstory on him, or someone that's not even in any of these movies yet, but then eventually does. Shows up later. Be yeah, a long time. Well, they could. Yeah, they could be in their fifties well, yeah. or sixties. Obviously, Luke's yeah. isn't. Luke's uh, Han Solo. Right. All those people are in it. So yeah, no, that would be cool too. To tie them together. I mean, Chewie's in it. Maz Kanata obviously could be in any of these movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think they need to bring a lot of those characters, like a Maz Katana character, into. Do I keep saying it wrong? So. No, the, the Bryans have. I pointed this out to them a few weeks ago that it's not a sword used in feudal Japan. <laughs> you katana? katana. It's Kanata. <laughs> But the, I think it's a joke that they keep saying it. Right. We just do it just to mess with you, Chad. I think so. Uh, Chad, did you see the uh, newest episodes of Rebels this weekend? I did. Uh, my son and I forgot. Well, we didn't forget. I was working Saturday, so we didn't get to watch it till Sunday afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, we uh, we sat down and we watched through it together. Um, I assume you did as well. I sure did. Dave, yeah. did you have you had a chance to catch up on Rebels yet? I have not. I have not. Okay, that's fine. Um, so if you haven't seen it, we're going to talk about it. That's so fine, obviously, um, for you listeners and Dave, it's yeah. Although my, I'll just say first of all, my like initial thoughts on this episode were I was a little disappointed. It was a little lackluster for me. Uh, I think I've been saying that the last couple weeks that we haven't really seen an episode yet and probably close to a month um, that hasn't really pushed the story farther um, besides this like cat and mouse game that they're playing with uh, Tarkin. Um, we haven't really seen an episode yet. They they all kind of seem... Yeah, I mean Thrawn, I'm sorry. Um, but and that's all- interesting to me, but like this week, you know, we got... a. One ship left of droid battle and B one battle droids that have not accepted that the separatist army um, and that war is over, and so we play a game, you know, to to save our friends, and then well, we end up fighting the empire together, and 
blow everyone up so that it disappears at the end. I don't know. It just seemed a little wasteful. Right. All they got out of it was like two little ships. I mean, I guess it it was kind of sad because like the only thing that really came out of the episode was that realization that they had with Ezra that was like, wow, we were fighting all those years for nothing. Yeah. Right. Um, which and was Rex like, is just like, oh, man. Right. Okay. It was like kind of like a depressing moment that they had to come to the realization that they were all just a bunch of tools, but they're just pawns. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then that, oh, it's like they figured out what we watched happen where Palpatine, you know, pitted two of his own armies against each other just so he could gain control. And it's like the droids and Rex and Ezra were like, oh, yeah, that's what he did. We, that was fighting and everyone died for no reason. Right. So yeah, yeah, that was like the only thing I really got. It was a nice realization because these characters are realizing what we've been watching. Say it out loud, yeah, right. So, but you know, other than that, you know, I I kind of hope I'm hoping for Maul to come back. I mean, I I just kind of feel like any time Maul comes around is the only time that really the story gets pushed forward. Yeah. Um. So hopefully he comes back in the next few episodes. I was almost hoping that they would kill Rex off just to kind of be like, wow, they did something. Right. You know, I mean, he's one of the few things left over from the Clone Wars cartoon series. And obviously he's helped them out quite a bit. Um, but at some point, we got to let him go. You know, I mean, he's an older guy now and, you know, you're the, the Empire is becoming established. And so at some point, Rex has got to kind of fade off the scene. Right. And uh, And they did a good thing in season one and season two of introducing new characters in. And I feel like by doing taking a guy in Rex and knocking him off mm-hmm. would leave good place for them to introduce new at least heroes and I feel like they've done a lot of villain introductions. Yeah. But not so much heroes. I mean they had you know, you lost Ahsoka already, so I guess Rex or something. Maybe. Maybe. She Maybe. might not be dead. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Um But we'll see. Going into yeah. next week. Hopefully we have more stories moving forward now that we're getting you know close to that halfway mark of the season yeah there wasn't a whole lot going on this week or for the last couple weeks for that matter. yeah sure i give you that sure. uh chad this week we have searching the archives worthy of recognition in the archives of the jedi order the advantage of old archive data perhaps the archives are incomplete if an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist. Bring me the archive data. Yeah, so <clears throat> kind of leading in with, you mentioned Ahsoka maybe being gone in, in the end of season two. Um, I had an opportunity to read the first couple chapters of the new book, um, Ahsoka. And I was able to get a, a sample from Amazon on my Kindle because uh, I want to buy the physical copy. Um, but they had the first like, two, maybe three chapters that you could get for free. Um, so I did. And I read those today. <clears throat> and it's interesting. Um, Brian Seddon talked about last week with uh, the Ahsoka book, some of the lightsaber things we talked about um, with the color red being kind of given a, a backstory in this book and how, that, how, they, how the bad guys, the Sith, get their lightsabers to be red, why that happens. Um, and in the first three chapters, that's not there. But what did happen in the first few chapters, very similar to Kanan's story. Um, obviously, Ahsoka is Anakin's Padawan. 
um, throughout the Clone Wars. She's not in any of the movies, but she's in the Clone Wars very heavily. Um, and, and we've seen her in Rebels as well. She fights Darth Vader at the end of Season 2. And I think she realizes at the end of Season 2 that her old master, Anakin, had become um, Darth Vader for the first time she realized it. Or, or maybe for the first time she accepted that that was the case. Um, but her story after Order 66 is initiated is very similar to Kanan. Um, she has to run. She has to kind of give up uh, the way of the Jedi and what she had learned. <clears throat> Throughout the Clone Wars, uh, she had learned a lot from Anakin and become real attached to him and Obi-Wan as well. And then in these first three chapters, she has a lot of monologue where she talks about missing them and not being able to feel them in the Force. Like, they're gone. As far as she's concerned, they're both dead. She reaches out with the Force still consistently or continually and cannot can't reach out, can't feel any other Jedi, can't feel anybody other's life force um, that is a Jedi, which she had grown accustomed to having around her all the time, being in the Jedi Temple, you know, going out on all the missions with Anakin and all the other Jedi. Uh, Plo Koon was a very close uh, Jedi to her, found her actually as a youngling, and uh, she could no longer make contact through the Force with any of those people. And so she goes on the run. She is older than Kanan is when that happens. Kanan is still like a teenager. Um, she is definitely older than that. Um, but she f it starts off where she's on this planet in the Outer Rim. And the very first Empire Day was happening. Uh, the first year anniversary of the Empire being established. And there were parades and celebrations even on this remote planet in the Outer Rim. And she realized she was in danger. Um, because, you know, they're still hunting Jedi down. Uh, Darth Vader was on a mission to go and find everyone that was still hiding out there and cut them down. And only being one year after the Empire has been established, um, that search was still on high alert. So there are a lot of stormtroopers on this planet that she was on. And she had kind of made a life for herself fixing things, kind of like Anakin did. Uh, mechanical things and machinery. Um, and she realized it was time to move when there were so many stormtroopers there. And there's one part that was pretty interesting where she reached out with the Force, and she still does it continually, um, but reached out with the Force and could feel feel the stormtroopers, and she could tell which ones were clones still and which ones were new recruits. And it mentions how she runs into a couple patrolling as she's trying to get off the planet, and she notices that they aren't clones, but they're new recruits. So they're young and they're ill, not ill-trained, but they're they're still very early in their experience. And she was able to kind of trick them and finagle her way away from them asking too many questions. But in her mind, it was because they weren't clones and didn't know what to look for. She could tell. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but eventually she steals a ship from the locals and flies away. Uh, flies away, quite a ways away and finds a moon to kind of land on and she's going to try to start a new life here. Um, she She's going to try to, she changes her name um, and she tries to blend in with the locals and again starts to try to, you know, fix machinery because she learned a lot of that from Anakin. Um, but she found this time on this moon to actually meditate, which she hadn't done in a long time. So she's sitting in her room and she's meditating and reaching out with the force and trying to 
just make sure she continually tries to use it so she doesn't get in the habit and forget how to use the force the way it should be. Um, she says how she has to force herself to do things with her hands and not use the force so she doesn't get caught. Uh, but she wants to still stay in touch with it so that she can still use it. And she reaches out and there's something out there, she says. And she, it's like something's being shrouded or hidden. Not maybe on the planet she's on or just maybe out there somewhere. And she can't quite figure out what it is. But there's something out there she can feel and it's shrouded and hidden. And that's kind of the end of the chapter where chapter three, which is what all that I had for the sample. Um, so I don't know exactly what that is. I'm assuming that'll be explained later in the book. Um, maybe Darth Vader, you know, maybe it's her feeling still Anakin out there and but he's changed so much that maybe it's not him I don't know but so far in the first three chapters it's really interesting it's real easy to read uh, very quick but uh, you kind of get a different perspective on Ahsoka than you just did through the Clone Wars cartoon and I think it'll give us a little bit more of you know after Order 66 happened where where did she go what happened to her where where you know what did she do and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what what takes place with her. Do we know where that book ends up at the end? Of it? <clears throat> I'm you know I'm not sure. I don't even know where the. I mean, obviously it happens right after episode or Order sixty six, so it's right at you know the end of Revenge of the Sith. She talks about all the younglings being murdered by a familiar face, like she's thinking about uh, all the younglings at the Jedi Temple that were killed by somebody wielding a lightsaber. You know, or somebody are, are being killed by their clone, you know, people that they knew, not knowing that, you know, Anakin had done a lot of that. Um, but I don't know exactly where in the timeline it ends. Yeah, because it'd be interesting to see if it was before Rebels or after Rebels. <clears throat> right, that yeah. may reveal if she's still alive or not. I would assume it'd be before, otherwise we probably would have seen something about it, news-wise. But I don't know. I don't know for sure. I'll report back on that. Yeah, finish the book. Let us know how it is. Let us know how once you get it, and you get that. Did you order it already, or are you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I just I'm waiting for it to come in okay. physically. So, so we'll find out more about Ahsoka in the near to distant future. Uh, this week, Dave has some stuff of his own, uh, some mystery content <laughs> that he would like to share with all of us today. So, Dave, what you got? Well. I was on the podcast, uh, what, three episodes ago or so, something like that, and I kind like of, I gave you guys a little grief about hitting on George Lucas so hard. Um, yeah, you because did. Because I, you know, in spite of in spite of what the, I think the common uh, opinion of him is, I'm still a George Lucas fan, uh, mainly because he gave us Star Wars, and I loved his stories and his characters that he created, and I admire his uh, ability to make those films on the budget that he had and to do, you know, so when I, when I think about him going back and, you know, basically just pumping in as much CGI as he could, it's kind of like a, a kid with a new toy, in my opinion, where, you know, this was his story. He was always making his story. He wasn't doing it for the fans. He was doing it because finally he had the opportunity to get his story out there, his life's work that he'd been on working on so much. And so I was kind of cutting on some slack. That said, um, there are a lot of things I don't understand that he simply just, it's like he was so caught up in just doing whatever he wanted that he didn't make sure that a lot of his stories uh, connected well 
without there being a lot of inconsistencies or plot holes. And I started thinking about all of the ones that there are. And so I made a, a, a list. I didn't even really, uh, I didn't number it. I didn't decide I'm going to figure out this many. I just wrote a bunch down, jumped on the internet, looked up to see if maybe there were some people that thought of some that I didn't think about. Um, but basically, this is a a list, actually, like one, two, three, four different pages front and back of my little notebook here <laughs> of inconsistencies in the Star Wars universe. Basically, um, well, some of them are the original trilogy not agreeing with itself, and then a lot of them are original trilogy not agreeing with prequel trilogy. So I'll just kind of go down the list here. You guys uh, probably have thought about a lot of these, but we can talk about some and kind of just go over <clears throat> others real quick. But the first one I think that's that's a lot of people have brought up, and it's kind of an obvious one, is why did they go through the trouble of hiding the babies? Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. They hide Luke Skywalker on his father's home planet and keep calling him by the Skywalker name. Yeah, they don't right. change his they last don't, name. They don't change his name. His name's Skywalker. And it's like, I mean, I under, there's some people who are like, well, you know, Anakin hated sand, and that, there's so much pain and misery from him on Tatooine, he would never look there. It's like, but, I mean, still there's this young po- there's this young kid, Skywalker, who's trying, who re- wants to fight with the rebels, and he's, he's, he's going, and, and his dad was this gen... I mean, people knew who his father was and blah, blah. I just, I just think it's weird. That's just one of the things. And I, you could probably, I mean, obviously mo- all of this is blamed on George Lucas, but as far as staying in the story, this could be blamed on Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was the one who was there at the birth and, and made a couple different things, decisions in the prequel trilogy that don't agree with the original trilogy. Another one was um, towards the end of Empire, obviously when Luke, leaves Dagobah to go to Cloud City. Um, Obi-Wan's there in his Force Ghost form with Yoda, and they're trying to talk to him about, you probably shouldn't do this, you know, if you, you know, quit your training now and go, you know, they're going to win or whatever. My friends, I can't leave them, I gotta go, blah, 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 blah. And then Obi-Wan says, that boy is our last hope. And Yoda, of course, says, no, there is another. And setting up the big reveal in the next movie that it's Leia, it's Luke's sister. It's like, wait a minute, though. Not, Obi-Wan knew not that. only was Obi-Wan basically the one who delivered Leia, but he was there right. when Padme named her, and he was the one who orchestrated the adoption with the Organas for... Uh, I, how does how did he not know? Which Obi-Wan's like, oh, right. It's like... I, I forgot. He had a twin. Right. So uh, obviously... That we separated so they wouldn't get caught. These are... And... and all of these have the same thread where it's like, why didn't he think of that? Why didn't George Lucas think of that and, and write it just a little bit differently? There's another there's another thing with Obi-Wan where, um, obviously, his age discrepancy aside, with we've talked about before, how is he so much older than when Ed McGregor was, but he's supposed to be hiding. You know, he's in, he's in hiding on Tatooine for years, right? He's supposed to blend in. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be out of the public eye. But... The, the outfit that we see him in when he first approaches the scene just happens to be the dress code for all of the Jedi. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, in the in the on A New Hope, it's just Obi-Wan's garb. But for some reason, George Lucas decided in the prequels that every single Jedi wears that same exact Right, he mass-produced it for the prequels. It's like he never decided to put on different clothes? 
Like that's what they wear. Like I'm, uh-huh. he would literally look no different <laughs> though his whole life, <laughs> which I thought was weird. Um, the uh, let's see, uh, I'm trying to. Th- I I wrote these all out of order. There's a lot of Obi Obi Wan ones that I wanted to point at. There's one. Let's see. Here's one where um, oh yeah, when they're uh, him and in, in, in A New Hope when him and Luke come back. And they see the Jawa Sandcrawler had been attacked, and Luke's like, "Man, why would you know? Why would Sand people do this? There's there's the sticks and everything." And he goes, "He's like, he sees right through it. This isn't this isn't Sand people. These are stormtroopers. Sand people travel yeah. single file to hide there. And look at these blast marks. These are way too precise to be Sand people." It's like, no, it's like these are the same guys that can't hit. Anything they shoot at, but they're like, but Obi Wan identifies. They're highly trained stormtroopers. Obi Wan identifies them by the skill of their aiming when they're blasting, <laughs> shooting at the ship. Um, another one is the fact that, obviously, in the entire series, the Sith uh, are you know Darth Plagueis, Darth Sidious, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, but in A New Hope. When Obi Wan now, obviously, I can understand not calling him Anakin because he Lucas isn't wanting to reveal that it's Anakin yet. Some people say Lucas didn't even know that he yeah. was going to be Luke's father in Empire. Hadn't made that decision yet, which contradicts a lot of things. But the could they have come up with? Obviously, he didn't know at that point that the Sith were all called Darth because Obi Wan calls him Darth like it's his first name. Like, oh, that's a good idea. You'll strike me down, Darth. Why not just call him Vader? It's like, I mean, they call Maul Maul. Well, they do that's... change to Vader. They do call him Vader a lot later on. In the same movie? In the... But in the first, first one, they movie? do. He says Darth, doesn't he? When he's, when he's fighting him, yeah. Darth. And I don't know. Maybe that's Obi-Wan, like, rubbing it in his face that he's, you know, maybe Obi-Wan doesn't know what he's called. Yeah. No, because earlier I, I'll take that back. Because while they're in their little hut, while they're in their little hut, he says Vader was to do. He calls him by Vader. He, does. he doesn't say Darth Vader. Yeah, I I think it was because Luke just didn't know that he was later going to call all the Sith Darth blah. Darth something. I think right. because doesn't doesn't Darth Vader in some language mean something father? I can't remember. I've read something like that. Yeah, before. it means like dark father. Yeah. So I, I don't know if he had decided. Yeah, it's German think, for Dark Father. I think that might have just been that specific character's name for that movie, and he didn't. Or a title. Yet. Yeah, a title. Um, the uh, let's see, let's jump, kind of jump around here. What did I write? Oh yeah, here's a. This is a really big one that could have been solved in the prequels and wasn't. In the original trilogy, when Luke asks Leia, "What do you remember about your mother?" She gives some pretty specific stuff. Yeah. You know, I was very young, but uh, I do remember her. She was always sad. Um, and this uh, this is not stuff that in, that literally an infant... An infant? Remembers. An hours there old are, baby yeah, would know? There are people that are like, well, she's, you know, she's obviously very Force-sensitive. It's like, well, I mean... She was literally like the fluid hadn't like, even been cleansed out of her lungs yet. Right. right. Your mom yeah. died. Your mom was real sad because she was dying. Yeah, when people, when people say my mom died when I was very young, they normally don't mean as I was being pulled out of the womb. They would have said, you know, giving birth to me, not 
and that could have easily been solved by like just for some reason not making her die that instant like i don't know why right. he obviously he knew what he had wrote before right but just didn't care yeah. it seems like that's well whatever let's just Right. I, I she should have went up. She should have went back to Naboo and and locked herself in like the a big tower, blaming yeah. herself for her husband's demise into the dark side. And, and died then, from and depression. Then, and then die of depression. Just stab herself with a lightsaber or something. And then they had to split the kids up. Yeah. Right. Here's another one with uh, Obi Wan. In the original trilogy, Obi Wan says that he was trained by Yoda, but I mean, and, and I guess you can <coughs> you might be able to say, well. Maybe in the in the time between this and this or whatever, but obviously his master was Qui Gon. That was the one who trained him, and obviously right. at that point Qui Gon was not a character. But couldn't right. that easily have been fixed in the prequels? Like, well, yeah. well, in the books, well, in the books that they released right around the time that the prequels came out, and I know they're legends now, right? But uh, those books, you don't become an apprentice to somebody until you hit like your teenage years. So anytime they bring in younglings from like you know, so he could have young, had training. So from they're Yoda. saying from young, when all the he was way. a baby, yeah. when he was, I mean, when he was a kid, he was trained by Yoda. Right, and they like show Yoda Yoda's has job. like his little that was, sessions. That was the part, <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah, normally, Yoda, they do say Yoda. Yoda did train a lot of the younger ones, but normally, right? When, Yoda, Yoda after Dooku, Yoda went away and taught more of like the little younglings rather than rather than the um. The older ones. He didn't take on an apprentice after well, Dooku. Who, but even who still, Luke, he should have said quiet. Who would Luke say he was trained by? Probably Obi-Wan, right? No, y- y- well, I would think definitely Yoda. Oh, yeah, Yoda. Yoda, for he, sure. He yeah. knew Obi-Wan for like a day. Right, right. Yeah, but Yoda, uh, Obi-Wan ta- taught him how to uh, block with without any eyesight. I know, but like on the <laughs> way to his death, I don't, I, I'm just saying I don't think that he would credit Obi-Wan as being his... Tr- the one who trained him when he did all of his training Yoda. with Yoda. So I trained with Yoda. I stood on my head and lift rocks in the air right. because of Yoda. Like literally yeah. all of his training was to go to Yoda. I mean, Obi-Wan's the one who told him, go to Dagobah. He'll train you to be a Jedi or finish yeah. you or whatever he said. I mean, he. I just thought that was funny. I mean, obviously Qui-Gon wasn't created. so Right. He didn't exist. But in the point. movies, you don't you don't see or hear <laughs> any of that. Right. Um <clears throat> Hey, oh, Luke's this, the this... smartest one. Think right. Luke is the smartest one thinking about it because if you think about when Obi Wan goes away into hiding, he picks like desert, disgusting wasteland. When Yoda goes into hiding, he picks total nasty, dirty swamp. Yeah. And uh, and where Luke goes into hiding, where does he pick? Oh, an island off a beautiful Tropical ocean. Island. <laughs> right. He's like, screw the desert or swamp. We're going to an island with nice water. <laughs> Um, uh, where's this one I was looking at? Oh, this is, this is actually funny, which I, I saw this one on the internet and I, and I remember this scene like very clearly and, and it makes perfect sense. How come no one else in the history of Star Wars has ever used the convenient Jedi power of super speed? Do you, re- mm. you remember when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon got, uh, like stuck in the yeah. hallway with those droidicas? And they're this word yeah, is stand up, and literally you see them like the flash. It's like the flash. They leave like instantly fast, right? And you don't yeah. see anyone moving at that speed 
Even y- ever again. Yeah, even Yoda flipping around. That was just you know you don't see anyone moving that fast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. wait, wait, wait. That was four speed. Well, it wasn't normal speed. Yeah. They were literally like blurs when they left. I always thought my DVD was scratched. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> you did not. I'm dead serious. I always thought that it, like my DVD skipped on that one part. No. And it was no. like a glitch in it's my like DVD a really, as a kid. It's like a bad CGI of them moving so right. fast. Yeah. It literally looks like your TV is skipping. And this person, <laughs> this person wrote it very well, like exactly how I would wrote it. He said, this sure would have came in handy when you're like, I don't know, running straight down a corridor to try to stop your master from being killed by Darth Maul. It's like you, you get, he was, he didn't make it in time right. to those things. That, if he had super speed, the force fields. Get, why would he ever be behind? You don't see anybody <laughs> run that fast. Yeah. It, he just did it earlier that movie. Also, you know, he only could together. do it when he's holding Qui-Gon's hand. I right, they had to be connected. The This one comes right off of that, though. It's like, also, why aren't there any more droidicas, like, used all the... Why don't they use those all the time? If two of them can stop two Jedis, why don't they, they ever... Like, oh, man, it's a standoff with these two droid things. Let's go. They bail. And, and you don't ever... I yeah. mean, it's like, they pop up every once in a while in the, in the trilogies, but it's like, they should be using those all the time. Yeah, forget the battle droids. Just get a bunch of those guys. Yeah, they're pumping out a million of these things that that stick in. But uh, Roger, Roger, what's his name can kill by just flopping around. Jar Jar, <laughs> Jar Jar's taking out this army. <laughs> but you got these the droid that style. can stop basically the Jedi, but they're not using them. Um. Oh, this is a, this is one too that's interesting. When at the end of Return of the Jedi, obviously, Anakin shows up as a Force ghost. Because at that time, that's what Jedi did, right? Mm. They they didn't. He mm. he had no explanation for why Obi Wan came back or why Yoda was there. He didn't have an explanation. So now the prequels, he gets to explain why they can do this, right? But then his explanation gives no reason why Anakin would know how to do that. They explain Qui Gon learned how to do it. He taught Yoda, and then Yoda taught Obi Wan. How did Anakin know? To just show, how did yeah. you show up as a force ghost? Because it's cool for the movie. Guess what? I figured it out. Because he's the chosen one. He could do whatever he wants. <laughs> just like I mean, he can, he can. He's gonna die, become a force ghost, recover from all his injuries, right. and go back thirty years. That's yeah. how powerful he. Is. In the original trilogy, it makes sense because the only two other Jedi's. Other than Luke, did that when they died. That we've ever known, yeah, right. It's but just what after, happens when you died as a and Jedi. After you explain it, it doesn't make sense. It's like the the no. prequel made it should make less sense. They tried to make it be like mysterious and interesting, and it actually ruined the fact that it's just when Jedi die, they become ghosts. Yes, that's the way it originally probably was thought to so be. So how about I always this one? thought that they okay, learned yeah. it, and that Anakin just knew it because he was the chosen one. Hmm. I, you I, well, you wouldn't have thought that until he gets the prequel special made privileges. you have to The think guy that. brought There's balance no to the force, okay? He's able to haunt people. <laughs> How about okay. this? The Death Star, you know, 2.0 was almost mm. completed in like three years. But the first Death Star, was they started construction on it like bef- basically before Revenge of the Sith. Because the framework yeah. was already laid out at the end of the movie. And then Attack of the Clones, it was 30 yeah, years later, or 20 years later, here's the Death Star. Well, you know, 
It's like when you build an Ikea dresser. The first time, it takes a while. Yeah, but When yeah, you buy the exactly. rest of them, it's like you don't even need the directions anymore. Right. And obviously, That's they why. proved to you in Rogue One that it goes through. It's like developing. You know, but once, you know, it's easy to replicate than develop. I guess. Like much. You know, it takes years. It takes years for them to develop the iPhone. And then now they pump out one every year. I guess. But this was, I mean, I mean, the they iPhone can pump 6, out an iPhone every year. They can pump out a Death Star every two or three. Years. The iPhone one to the iPhone six. What were we talking like ten years? And in three years, they made another Death yeah, Star. They built another planet that was yeah. way better. Yeah, um, could fire without being completed. This one's interesting because I looked. I actually looked for info on this to find out if this was true or not, and I could not find any history or any any evidence about this. <clears throat> Because um, we do know for sure that C-3PO had his memory wiped. But right. but not, there's nothing said about R2-D2 getting his memory wiped. And R2-D2 right. would know everything about everything. Right. Oh, he's a on. savage. He knows everything keeps his mouth shut. And I, right. he would have to because I, I'm, thinking at, I'm thinking for some reason at the beginning of A New Hope, and I might be wrong, but I don't think – I think Luke was like ask – asking c-3po what r2 was saying but obviously he learns to speak that droid language very quick because he's doing it in empire when he flies off uh hoth well he's he talking. reads yeah he reads the words that oh are is that what he's doing even in the comics yeah oh okay he reads okay, the words okay. that are translated on his screen in the in the x-wing and in the comics they do they actually have r2 they have luke talking to r2 and r2 words come up as english and you could read what R2 is oh, actually saying cool. for the very first time. Well, because in the in yeah. the prequels, obviously Anakin can talk to R2 without seeing anything. Right. And Anakin so can understands Obi-Wan. him. Right. And so and can then Rey. you come into Right, you come into episode seven and Ray understands what BB eight is saying. And she understands they Chewie. Speak droid. And she understands what yeah, Chewbacca too. Which is very all these very weird things. But yeah, anyways, um <clears throat> Oh, this is this is this is another one about C three PO, which is interesting. So Anakin starts building C three PO when he's like nine, uh, right? Yeah, and right. and and you know th- this can kind of be explained away a little bit, but obviously this is a nine year old kid who's you know midi chlorians have come into him and and off the charts. He's the chosen one, and he's building a not just a droid, but a protocol droid that is. Also mass fluent. Also mass produced all throughout the galaxy. There's more people that look more droids that look just like C3PO. Right. But whatever. Explain that away. Here's the one that's interesting: is that um, he leaves her with her. He leaves C3PO with Shmi. Mm-hmm. Shmi gets married to Lar, the Mister Lars, or whatever, and and Owen, obviously his Anakin's stepbrother, is living with them. And C-3PO is working on the farm for years <laughs> with Owen. As a young Owen. And then Owen... Works right side by side. And then Owen buys the same droid years later to work the same farm on Tatooine. It doesn't... No, I mean, Never thought about now, that one. Now, like, this guy looks say, familiar. Oh, there's all kinds of protocol droids. It's like, no, someone brought up a good point. It's like if you had this car... And it was this color, and it was this make, and it was this license plate, and it had this fender thing, and then you bought that car. You would... You would know and, it. And this is somebody with a personality, like the way that he... Ta- yeah. I mean, you would know it's C-3PO. And also... Yeah, he is mention, like a rusty... He is like a rusty bucket of... of yeah. 
metal to mention, in his, Attack his of the name Clones, is and he does same. get a little bit of an upgrade. His name is the same, too. C-3PO. It's not like they're all called C-3PO. All the R2-D2, they all have different names. There are two units, but they have different names, huh. which is just weird. I mean, that's just something, obviously, that, Uncle that, Owen. that wasn't thought about. Uncle Owen. Um, oh, let's see. What, let's see. Let's make sure I'm not missing anything here. Some of these are so good. Force Speed, we talked about Darth. Obi-Wan, trained by uh, the Empire. Um, I think we're at the end here. I think I got just a couple more. Darth Vader. Oh, Han. There's one about Han, which is very simple. Like, in in A New Hope, Han has a bounty on his head. He keeps wanting to pay this bounty off to Jabba. And then, three years later, in Empire Strikes Back, after he's met the princess who has all this money, he's helped save the rebel fleet still somehow hasn't paid this bounty off to Jabba the Hutt. Why Why wouldn't he get some help? <laughs> and he's still... Say, hey, guys. And he's still acting like, I gotta go do this. I gotta go. No, you, you're just... Three years later. Yeah, like, like, Leia couldn't have he's just He's been said, ignoring hey, it for three years. <laughs> just told some scrub, hey, take this money, go down and see Jabba the Hutt, pay him off for, for General Solo. Or whatever this, Let's just this get him off my hero. back, please. And then... Then, this is also funny... He gets captured by Boba Fett, who's taking him to Jabba the Hutt. They all know this. Lando's like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna go, you know, find Han." And a year later, they finally find out where he is with Jabba the Hutt, who has always been on Tatooine since Episode One, where Luke grew up. It's like he's never gone anywhere else. I mean, why did it take and, and a year Luke, to find and him? The... The people on Tatooine know who Jabba the Hutt is because he kind of controls everything on the planet. The Huts are like famous. You know where Jabba the Hutt is, and it's that's just very strange. Um, Wait, there's a year between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, something like about a year. Three, I think, between A New Hope and Empire, and then like a year or something between the other two. Which is also another thing about that Jabba thing is they they say what about what about Luke's great plan to rescue Han, where he goes in there and he does all that stuff and he like we're assuming his plan was to get captured like that and be taken right. out to the Sarlacc pit because there goes R two rolling up there he he motions to him like this is all part of the plan coming in I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the hand signal and you're going to shoot it in the air My mind trick's not going to work on Jabba we know that so be, you know don't be surprised by that I'm going to fall into this Sarlat or the uh this uh Rancor pit or Rancor or whatever it is pit fight this thing off They're going to throw me around we're going to get on this barge we're going to go out to the Sarlacc pit I know all about these I grew up here trust me They're going to walk <laughs> through the end of this I'm going to nod and wave to you and you're going to get ready Trust to shoot me. that thing up. And then the plan is from there, just give my lightsaber to me and I'm going to go crazy. That's like and I'm going to wreck them. Why not just I'm going to wreck them. Why not just do that when you walked in the door? If you can take everybody <laughs> on, just do it. You're I'm going to wreck them on the barges. Not in the, not in the palace. Everybody's the sitting down half drunk. I think you could take them. <laughs> nope. 
Gotta wait. Timing is everything. It's like comedy. This is great writing. Last but last, this is the last one, which is also an interesting one. Grand Moff Tarkin, super proud of the Death Star. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, nothing. We've got the most powerful thing. Nothing's gonna stop us. You know, at the end, he was. They weren't worried about that exhaust port. That was just no one's gonna hit that. They're not gonna be able to destroy us. He tests. He blows up Alderaan. Just to test the weapon, no, no particular reason. Didn't want, you know, it wasn't like he was trying to kill somebody or try to blow up a rebel base. He was just testing it on Alderaan for to see how powerful the weapon was. This will be, you know, that that place over there. That's not a good enough planet to test this weapon. Alderaan will do it. So when they finally find out where the rebel base is on the Yavin Four, they're they head straight to it. They're gonna blow that thing up, and then. They have to wait until they get into range. And what's keeping them from getting into range? A planet. <laughs> we can't blow this planet up until we get around this planet. And if he doesn't We have to orbit. If he doesn't give a crap about blowing up Alderaan, who, did we even get a name for the planet that Yavin is going around? Or is or is it Yavin? And Yavin 4 is just a moon of Yavin. I don't know. But I don't see why. He wouldn't have just blown Blow up that, that one up to get to you it. You probably would have got Yavin Four in the explosion of the big planet. All you uh-huh. had to do is blo- was it too big of a, was it too big of a planet, Tarkin? I mean, can your Death Star not blow this one up? I mean, what's the deal? Why didn't they? And, just... and did they hyperspace travel to get to the system? But they couldn't have just. We came. We came out of hyperspace on the other side of this planet. Instead of just you know flying around it, we have to orbit the planet yeah. at a real slow. It it's in, gonna take us half. Put hour. it into regular day cycle, like a moon, yeah. all the way around. But we just hyperspace traveled across the galaxy. Hey, but dumb, that was, real dumb. That was George Lucas's idea. I mean, obviously, we had to have it. To me, it's like I understand why you know there wouldn't have been any suspense if there wouldn't have been something stopping the Death Star. From being sure. able to blow up the thing, and obviously it couldn't not be, a great movie. It if couldn't be. Killed. It couldn't. The attack couldn't have happened while they were traveling at light speed. I'm imagining that light speed doesn't work like that. But mm. could nothing have? Could they not have figured out anything? Yeah. Like maybe like somehow the weapon got damaged and it had to recharge. Like in Return, it they, takes time. they figured that out by Return of the Jedi. The weapon that right. before that thing charges, let's hurry up. So. I don't know, because that was the that was the next thing. You know, let's make the same thing again. Let's not make the the port because they shot missiles into it last time and blew it up. So let's not do that. But let's make sure that we have giant pathways big enough for multiple ships to fly into that lead right to yeah. the core. <laughs> I yeah, mean, they. But we'll put a shield up first. Now, now the the um. The uh, what the the weapon on the uh, you know for the new movie was a little bit better you know the whole the planet yeah, destroyer star killer, star killer base. base yeah a little bit better I mean they had to work for that one Poe had to do yeah. some fancy flying to get that one to work yeah and he had to go in and take the, that the was, shield down that was smartly done that was an intelligent way of doing that yeah so they weren't thinking about that back good then. plot holes Dave good plot holes yeah very interesting plot holes. Some I've noticed, some I haven't noticed. I'm sure there's plenty more. Oh, I'm sure. sure. That's fun to talk about. Um, next, let's finish it up with our question of the day. 
I'm going to give some backstory here about my question of the day and then get your guys' thoughts on it. Uh, any question of the day or anything that you guys hear on the show that you want to make your own comments on it, we are on Facebook, Star Wars Rant Podcast, and then on Twitter. You can uh, you can always send us a message via Twitter. Uh, it's at Star Wars Rant if you want to get your own input about a certain thing about the news, maybe about the new Donald Glover playing Lando Calrissian or the question of the day. Um, I follow a few people on Instagram, um, one of which being the Star Wars, uh, where they just post fan- random photos and different captions and whatnot. I saw one uh, showing a picture of uh, Chancellor uh, Palpatine or Emperor Palpatine's office in- on Coruscant before he becomes the Emperor. And uh, it says that uh, it's a fun fact saying that you know he had all these different Sith artifacts placed all around his office. I remember in that one scene in Revenge of the Sith where he, him and Anakin are in that hallway, um, and Anakin decides whether or not he's going to turn him in or take him out. Um, but those, that weird wall behind him with those little creatures, that's a Sith artifact going all over hmm. his office. Um, so I guess my, what I thought about was, you know, the Jedi, I remember scene after scene and, and especially in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith where the Jedi are having, you know, Yoda and Mace Windu, the two most powerful Jedi in the universe are sitting down with all these Sith artifacts, with the Lord of the Sith sitting across the table of them, and they didn't even know. Uh, you know, at one point did the de- Jedi become so complacent and so bogged down of their abilities that, you know, even sitting a, 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 across the table from somebody who is the pure essence of evil, is you're, and you're completely blinded to it. So, with that being said, my question was, with the Jedi just being so kind of off-kilter of what they were originally, you know, their former glory of seeing things like that and being in tuned with the Force and not being so blinded by it uh, or blinded by, you know, maybe it's their own pride or whatever it was. Was it was it the will of the Force that the Jedi be wiped out to ultimately bring balance to the Force? Because if there was ever going to be balance of the Force, the Jedi and Sith both had to go. So does that mean there can only ever be two Jedi because there's only ever going to be that's, two Sith. That's something Not, that's always confused me because, yeah, there's always... As far as the Sith go, there's two. So, right. how, how is well, there not in, always in the Sith, In the Sith, well, back in the Knights of the Old Republic series right. and even before, back in the Old Republic, before the Republic was, was born, the Sith kind of took over and there was a bunch of Sith. There was like a Sith right. army and the Sith went against Jedi. I think we did a... Uh, uh, I think we did a Star Wars history about this a few weeks ago with Brian. Um, right. But at, at one point, they're just because because of the qualities that the Sith pursue to become stronger in the Force, there there there's becomes a lot of inner fighting. They they try to one up one another, and it just gets aggressive, and then they they end up killing each other, and they become more divided than they become united in large groups because of what the Sith promote. And how they get close to the Force, larger groups are more detrimental to the survival of the Sith rather than keeping it just within a small group of two people. Because the larger you get, they'll start turning on each other, they'll start killing each other, and it just becomes a hassle. Is it, is it kind the... of a... Oh, sorry, I thought you were ending that right there. No, 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 continue. Because <clears> I'd rather take your question before I reveal the question of the day. Dave, your thought? Oh, I, I, I'm ha- for, I'm having trouble hearing you is why I, I started coming in there. Oh. Um, 
I was my I had a question about like uh, um, is it kind of like a understood but not really talk about thing that an actual Sith is in ways more powerful, more you know I, I mean obviously they're dangerous, but are they looked at as being more powerful than just a Jedi? Like I mean I understand like now with Rebels there, you have a Grand Inqui or a Grand Inqui Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor. He's not a Sith master or a Sith at all, is he? Right. I mean, he, he's not as, you know, because I, I have watched, you know, like one and a half seasons or maybe almost most of the two first two seasons of Rebels, and I see how, um, you know, the, when it's an Inquisitor, uh, what's it? I forgot his name already. Uh, what's the main Jedi? Kanan. Kanan, yeah. He's just... I'll I'll handle this like he's gonna fight him. When they start facing Vader, he's like, "This we're it's we're lucky we survived. Like we shouldn't have even been fighting. We were only fighting him because we to to stay alive." And he knows that because he knows that's a Sith. So like, is that maybe so that's are Sith why, inherently more powerful? Just maybe that's why there there's a even when there's more Jedi than the Sith, it can still. Balance. Balance because they because of the fact, like Brian was saying, that they use stuff that the Jedi don't use for power in the Force anyways. Is that kind no, of like... No, but, but what, what I was saying about the Jedi is, you know, even Yoda says, like, oh, he's so clouded, his mind is so clouded. The Jedi weren't... The Jedi were, like, so off-balance themselves with the Force that they couldn't even realize who the real enemy was. Yeah. And for for the Jedi in mass groups, especially in the hierarchy of the Yodas and the Mace Windows and the Plukoons and all these people in the in the Jedi Order, for them to be so off kilter with the Force, you know, it, it, the Force had to push Anakin to the dark side because Anakin had to purge the Jedi out, especially those old school Jedi that kind of weren't in tune with the Force like they should have been, um, for them to and then ultimately destroy the Sith to bring balance of the force. And I think, you know, e even after the, even after, um, even after the, the order 66 and Yoda and, and Obi-Wan went to hiding, I feel like they, they got more accomplished as force users in their time where they were by themselves secluded than they were when they were with the Jedi order. They became more powerful mm -hmm. than they ever were you guys just because more. that, you guys know more about this, like the the lore in depth, than I do. But is like with the new stuff coming out in Rebels and the new stuff coming out in some of these books put out by Disney and everything, is the Force turning into something that is like a like something that is almost self aware? Like you're talking about the Force made Anakin do this to bring balance to it. Like the Force decide the Force pushed Anakin to the dark side to bring balance to wipe out the Jedi like is that does the force like do things or is it just the way that people control the force well like, the force was Palpatine is Palpatine I mean what did the like obviously what we've been told up until this point or whatever is that this was part of Palpatine's plan was to turn Anakin because he was so powerful but are you saying that there was something that was bigger than all of them meaning being the force that was kind of making that happen or allowing that to happen because it needed to happen. 
like any. right the right the force has to be in balance that's what the prophecy said the prophecy said that somebody would come and bring balance to the force so right. to bring balance to the force it would be to, to just you know set set it straight and i feel like to be able to set it straight completely the jedi had to die for the force to become to come back into balance and the Sith had to, they both needed to go. And the only way of doing that was that Anakin needed to wipe out the Jedi. He was the only one that could do that. Well, he was reason, the only one that could do both. The so the, ask, so the reason I ask it that way is because I've never th- I've never thought of it until you said the force pushed Anakin to the dark side because they needed to be wiped out because to me that sounds almost like in line with the fact that Anakin was immaculately conceived through midichlorians you know like that would be like the force deciding this person needs to be because this needs to happen well you even hear you hear is it obi-wan or i remember who it was but i know in rogue one one of the new guys chirrut says it's as the force wills it you know, and the will of the force. What what is it that the force wills to yeah, be done? Yeah, it's almost like and to those... me, like the force is like a becoming more of a god than becoming more of a power to be harnessed, mm. like an actual <clears throat> has a plan yeah. and purpose. Yeah, because obviously, like yeah, a, a will it has to be the will <laughs> of something. And if you're saying it's the will of the force, but but who's deciding what the force's will is? Is it the force? Right. Is it the force some type of just omnipresent being that doesn't have a well, the force? Is everywhere. Right. It's the in force everything. is everywhere. Right. But I mean, up until we, when we, I was a kid, I always thought, well, yeah, the force is everywhere. It's it's this power that flows through everything. But I didn't ever. I never thought of it as something that made decisions omnipresent or that caused yeah. things to happen for specific reasons. I thought it was always because someone learned how to channel it. And they willed something yeah, to happen. Yeah, maybe it's a, a little right. bit more than that. And maybe that's where the Jedi messed up is they didn't, they weren't using it and trying to find out what it necessarily direction to go. But the Jedi ended up using it to keep peace. And all of a sudden the Jedi are peace. fighting battles. Right. They're fighting an, an imitation war that a Sith has orchestrated. Right. And the Jedi are spending all their time and resources fighting this war that should never have been fought and they were duped into getting involved in right and then you know they had to be taken out at the end if if there was ever going to be balance to the force you had to have a clean slate and taking out the jedi's kind of twisted thinking maybe they had good intentions and then they're using the light side of the force but just they're teaching and they're blinded and they were just it was the they you know it was a gray area at that point for the jedi so they need to yoda realized it but he realized it too late right like in sith he's like we've we've been tricked we've been blinded and we've not we've not seen what was really going on here and i think yoda actually came to terms with that that that's what needed to happen you know the jedi needed to be gone for the force to you know and that's why he didn't try to start another another crop of jedi right which also which is interesting which is interesting because one of those inconsistencies that i didn't bring up was the fact that yoda didn't keep fighting Palpatine because in that scene in the, yeah, in the, ran. yeah, he eventually just retreats when he could have kept fighting. And when he was, he wasn't technically beaten, they were just kicking each other's butts. And 
Yoda happened to fall off that thing, but he, I mean, he could have kept going, but made a conscious decision. Yeah, but he gave up to back off, going to hiding. Yeah, I mean, yep. he's he was one of the most powerful guys there, right? So I mean, that's something. To be yeah, that's about a good. That. That's a good point. It'll be interesting to see where they take that whole philosophy and that thought, the Force thing going forward into eight and nine because you assume luke tried to obviously start another group of jedi trained had had some trained up and then ben turned and killed supposedly a bunch of them so what happened there what was the forces will at that point you know if you have snoke influencing ben amidst luke training a bunch of jedi younglings or or teenagers or whatever what happened with the Force there? How? Why did the Force make it to where Ben wiped all Luke's guys out, and then now it's just Luke left again? Well, I think. Why is that? And then there's an awakening with Ray that wasn't there. Right, and then that's why I'm saying that the Force brings, like we talked about, and that's why I think that they're going to bring in the Chosen One aspect again. That the Force brings does things in certain reasons to bring it back into balance. One thing that I think about, you know, you know, if you say that if it was the will of the Force, then it was the Force's plan all along for Anakin to turn to the dark side. So everybody's looking at Anakin turning to the dark side and becoming Darth Vader as a bad thing, but maybe is what the uh, the Force wanted all along to ultimately fulfill its goal of get, getting back into balance. Now, if you take that same philosophy and you implement it into the new trilogy. Then, you know, Snoke is the, the thing that's causing the Force to become out of balance. And maybe by turning Kylo Ren bad and, and wiping out Anakin's little crew and turning to the dark side, you know, hopefully at one point, hopefully he turns and him and Rey gang up on, on Snoke and ultimately take him out. And then that, what, you, you yeah. know, that was, you know, that was the Force doing it all over again. But through. And then it seems as if we have a teeter totter. That never levels out. It's either way skewed one way or way skewed the other way. And there's n the force. It seems as if then in the story we've known so far, the seven movies and you know way it looks to be going, the force never balances. Maybe there's. It's either skewed <clears throat> one way or another all the time. Maybe it's because maybe and then they're, maybe they're building up to this. Maybe someone in Disney has this plan or whatever. But maybe. You know, Anakin was right when he's saying that you don't understand the power of the Force. Maybe that the Jedi's don't—they really didn't understand the power of the Force. Now that doesn't mean that it can't still go to your head and and make you power hungry. But maybe these new movies. No are one's about, found that middle ground. Yeah, maybe these new movies are about <clears throat> gray Jedi. We haven't figured out the Force yet. Like no one really has actually figured this out yet, and and so and until that happens, there won't be balance. Like there's always gonna, be, you know, when you say balance, you have to. That means you have to have so much of one thing and so much of another thing. And if we're looking at balance in the aspect of Jedi versus Sith, then that would mean there always has to be good and bad. Well, maybe maybe, maybe we don't another, have to look at it that yeah, way. Maybe there's another. Maybe it's answer. within. A person where there's a mixture of both. Who knows? Where you have, or a group of people that use the light side and the dark side as well. 
to varying degrees to where there's a balance within a group. Not we have the bad guys over here, the good guys over here, and it has that they have to equal out. But you have one group that pulls from both sides to bring a balance. <clears throat> right, and which I would be a and new I, concept. Right, and I don't think that there's a way. I don't think that there's a better group of characters to embody what you're what you guys are talking about than characters like Rey and Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, who constantly throughout the the Force Awakens, constantly is in the dark side, but has that pull from the light. And Rey is even, you know, taps into some of that aggression at the end of A Force mm-hmm. Awakens that everybody's criticizing her for. But maybe that's what, you know, those two, they find a middle They're ground. They're learning to use both sides. Right, they find is a middle a ground. Thing? Are a lot of people criticizing her for that? Uh, I oh. mean, a lot of people said, well, you know, she she uses all that aggression, you know what I mean? And, you know, during that battle, that's not what Jedis do, you know. Because she was, you know, by the end of it, she's like hacking at him, you know. Right. And then the novelization of the movie there, she's hearing voices saying, kill him. Oh, right, yeah, I forgot head. you had said that. I forgot about that. Yep. It's what if, it's it, a very I mean, good what discussion. if the voice in her head was Snoke? Is Anakin. What if it was Snoke? Snoke. What if someone's trying, what if someone yeah. against trying to manipulate totally. something and make something right, happen? Right, right, right. Or... What if it's what if Brian's onto something? What if it was the Force and and we think because we've been taught by Jedi that this is not the Jedi way? Maybe it's the Force way. Maybe he does. Maybe he did need to die. Yeah, maybe it's interesting. Maybe the Force want... is going to maybe the Force is going to be the main character that we learn more about in these new movies, rather than How what cool we that think. Be? We're gonna learn more about that. Would be awesome embodiment of the force itself yeah and even obi-wan understands that because you know when he comes up to meeting with darth vader you know obi-wan's goal wasn't to kill darth vader you know he just said you know i'll become more powerful than 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 you ever imagined darth you know take me out you know i think that obi-wan finally realized like what the force really wanted and it wasn't for him, and him killing Darth Vader wasn't wasn't the objective anymore, you know, which is completely a 180 of his point of view when you last saw him in Revenge of the Sith. Last right. time you saw him in Revenge of the Sith is, I'm confronting this kid on Mustafar and I'm taking him out. And then, and then 20 years go by and you finally have another chance at a confrontation to take this guy out and you just stick your sword up and say, all right, see you, bro. And you're out. I mean, it's completely different, his point of view between one confrontation and the other after. But I feel like he finally has says, you know, this is what needs to be done to to um to uh to get to get whatever the will the will of the force is done, accomplished. And that's even sacrificing himself. That was one inconsistency that I forgot to mention that I wanted to was that Obi-Wan beat Anakin because he had the high ground. Darth Maul lost because he had the high ground. Much yeah. more high ground than Anakin had. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just well, weird. Well, Obi-Wan is the master of the high ground. I guess. Yeah, he wins. He's king of the hill. <laughs> He's gonna, either going to burn you to death or chop you in he, half. He, kill, he, he beat his opponent in the same way. 
cutting them in half from two opposite perspectives. And that's why, and that's why he, that's why he keeps losing to to Count Dooku is because Count Dooku never gives him the high ground, or never, or the low ground, or, nor, or never gets He's above. Always him. level with him. He's always level with him. <laughs> Obi Wan is the greatest Jedi. <sighs> good, good question of the day. Good discussion. Yeah, I like it. That was fun. Yeah. So, more, more head. So. I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, Brian Seddon should be back with us. He'll, he'll soon be mixing this all together and, and getting it out to all you folks out there, uh, listening. Um, but I think he, I'll have a, I think I'll have a good tan or a nice sunburn next time we see him. Definitely a nice sunburn. I don't think he tans. <laughs> um, so we'll have Brian back next week. To continue our discussion, moving closer and closer, we're really only a month out till Star Wars Rogue One, a little under, a little under a month away, uh, a little over a month away. I'm sorry, yeah. um, but you know, j- in just a few weeks, we'll get to finally see what that story is about and move at another piece of the chapter in the Star Wars universe. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Star Wars Rant Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter at Star Wars Rant. And then if you want to add in any tidbits um, of your own, uh, you can always catch us there. Uh, But um, that's it for this week. And then I hope you guys turn in again next week. May the Force be with you. Bye.